Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode 143 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and one of my favorite things about it is the fact that they will roast you coffee specifically for your order. That means when you order coffee, they're roasting your coffee for you. They're not roasting giant batches of coffee and then shipping it out when people finally buy it. That means maximum freshness. And one of the other cool things about Couchtown Coffee is that the roaster there is a musician himself. If you guys want to save 20% on your order, go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you and they'll give you 20% off. I know a lot of people that have tried it over the recent months and, uh, you know, their endorsements are pretty ringing. So check it out, CouchtownCoffee.com. Thank you very much, Couchtown. This episode, I'm sitting down with Chris Anderson. I had the pleasure of seeing him at one of the Barnum Jam Nights at the Junkyard in Barnum, Iowa. Those take place every Tuesday. And, uh, you know, one of the coolest things about it was he just kind of showed up on a whim And uh, we all accepted him pretty well, just to let him kind of go up there and play some music. I got to play a little bit of music with him. And uh, one of the coolest things about it was was how much uh, everybody enjoyed his music. Not just the other musicians, but the, you know, just the people sitting there eating food or the people that kind of just came in and and were having some refreshments and stuff. And that's one of the funnest things about the Barnum Jam Nights is everyone's pretty accepting. But you could tell that uh, everybody enjoyed it quite a bit. So I, I had to hit him up and say, hey, let's talk on the podcast and see what's going on. And I come to find out he actually listens to the podcast. And that was one of the ways he kind of found out about the jam in the first place. So we talk about that. We talk about how he got started. We talk about his past singing in metal bands and uh, what, what is possibly going to be in his future as far as music. He's ramping up his, his booking schedule as of late. So check it out. Uh, this episode's really fun. I had a good time sitting down talking with him and... Uh, yeah, this is episode 143 with Chris Anderson. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Yeah, so I... Uh... I know that's what was nice about going up there. It's holy crap! I made a lot of connections, man. Oh yeah, that's it's, the. It's going up there, and uh, I like to put myself out there, man, and try and go to some of these open jams when I can, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, it's just to meet new people. And I, uh, it's a little nerve wracking when you drive an hour and a half, and then. Oh yeah. You know, hope, <laughs> hope you don't get kicked out of the place or something weird, you know. Yeah. Or a bunch. Of- bunch of weirdos that don't like new people rolling in so oh that's the place for new people we love it up there i'll tell you what i'm just gonna do a little quick intro here but i might leave some of this banter on the front half here but uh today i'm sitting down with chris anderson uh, i mentioned you in the previous podcast with clint Riedel. it's chris with a k anderson with an a um dude yeah you stopped by a jam night up in barnum we uh you know, you hit it off with pretty much everyone up there, and we were talking a little bit earlier how that's just nice, low-key jam night. Everyone just kind of hangs out, and I mean, it was one of those deals where you, when you took the floor and sang a few songs, you were like, I'll sing like three songs, and then I'll get out of the way, and everyone was just like, no, no, keep going, keep going, dude. So, I don't know. It was, it's, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, it's nice to it's nice to be to feel welcome when you go into some places like that. Like I said, it's just... It's a little nerve wracking, you know, especially as a as a singer songwriter, you you never you always got to cover something. So you so you figure out some songs on your own that you can write and play, 
but you want to have some things in there in your pocket that'll kind of grab some attention and hopefully make some friends. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. You know, and that is the place to make friends, honestly. I've recommended a lot of singer-songwriters swing up to that jam night if you're looking to bust into the northern Iowa music scene. I mean, there's like four or five guys up there that book a lot of shows, and they can, you know, point you in the right direction, if nothing else. Yeah, I think one of the one of the neatest things that I've seen was that uh, is how open it was, and and you know, I honestly found that jam uh, listening to this podcast because I had a few friends, like I told you before, that had been on here, and uh, I'm a podcast freak, so anything <laughs> anything music wise and and uh, crime or, or yep. just learning, you know, I listen to everything, so. Um, when I run out of stuff, I just search for something else. And when I can find a local, well, by God, that's the one I'm going to choose. So, uh, when I heard about you guys talking about the jams and stuff like that up in this place and I, I, like the first few times you didn't even mention the name, it was just the Barnum jam. You know, I had no idea where, you know, now I know that there's like one place there, (laughs) but, but, uh, so it took me a while to kind of creep on you guys to, to figure out where this was happening. It sounded like a good time. And, and, uh, I had a few of you on Facebook and then when I finally found it, I'm like, I got to drive up there. Oh yeah. I got it there. It looks like fun. Yeah. I guess like sometimes I forget that, that not everybody knows that the junkyard in Barnum is the place to be, you know, but like you said, you go up to Barnum and it's like, it's like two blocks by five blocks big. So there's only like yeah. so many places you can go there. I mean, you drive through and you're like, well, it's not at the fire station. It's not at the school. So it must be at this giant bar on Main Street, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and the people were amazing, man. Dope. Love y'all. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, that was something I hopped up and played a few songs with you. And then it was just kind of like, man, some of this stuff's a little bit more intricate than, you know, stuff I'm used to just playing on the fly. So after a while, I was like, I'm just going to let him do his thing. You know, maybe he's better at doing this by himself. I don't want to wreck what he's doing or anything. So I just kind of stood back and watched. And I think that was the the right thing to do, honestly. Um, You know, you killed it by yourself up there. It was one of those things where, um, you know, sometimes some songs are more, you know, conducive to letting other people jam along with you. And some of them, you know, use slightly different chord changes. And I mean, we talked about it on previous podcasts, you know, some songs at the jam nights are just like, oh, here's three chords repeated over and over again for the most part. Some of them are like the the verse has one set of chords and the chorus has another set of chords and that's pretty much it. But like some of your songs are a little bit more intricate than that even, you know, so I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll stay out of the way and let him do his thing here. And it was I think it was the right call for everyone. Well, look, I think you guys did a great job, to be honest with you. I mean, it's I've jammed with a few guitar players over the years, and uh, they're just kind of like that. It's just, you know, if you can fit in where you, you know, get in where you fit in, you know, is is how it goes. So, um, yeah, I jammed with, uh, you know, Matt a few times. He, he, did, uh, he did a couple shows with me, and, and then on the recording and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's a world-class guitar player, you know, in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... So, and, but like you and Owen, you got, I mean, Owen's a beast, man. It was just, I would, I, you know, you sit back and watch him, uh, you know, you were watching me, I was watching him. I'm like, this is cool. So, uh, yeah, I think you guys did great, man. I'd love to jam with you guys more. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. I really do. You know, and one of the coolest things about coming up there and playing was, uh, you know, Nate from bootleggers was there and, uh, you know, like some of us kind of just hang out outside here and there. We just prop the door open and listen from outside and, and Nate kind of strolls up outside, and he's like, who's this guy? I'm like, oh, he drove up from Des Moines. And he's like, what? Is he, does he play shows? And I'm like, I bet he does. Go in and ask him, you know? So, like, 
I made sure to say like, hey, there's a guy here that books shows in Fort Dodge and he wants to know something about you. And then Clint, like three minutes later, was just like, dude, this is Nate from Bootleggers. <laughs> you, you know, you should talk to him. And then I, I hear you guys got in touch and you got a show booked up here. Uh, I think you said it was the 24th of, of June, was it? 24th of June, yep. Nice. Yep. So anybody in the Northern Iowa area listening, Bootleggers is the place to check out Chris. So uh, I'm stoked for that. Hopefully I don't have a, a gig booked. I don't have my calendar with me right now. Otherwise I would totally say yes or no right Listen, now we're all musicians man we we're we're uh we're getting busy now now that things are opening back up so it's uh it's don't be surprised if you got a show i'm sure you do yeah you guys, you guys stay busy up there i see yeah i mean there's there's a decent amount of places just in fort dodge to play but even the smaller towns around the area you know there's a lot of places to play too so have you noticed that though i, I saw that when you put your origin your initial bookings out you had like four or five dates booked and you said you were looking for more and then within like two days, it was like, well, now he's got like 15 dates booked or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, as far as my ba- my background, I was a metal guy. So I uh, I did the metal bands for years and stuff like that. And and um, it took a lot. It took a lot for me to, to really be able to grab an acoustic guitar and, and play. And it was uh, – it was – I, I was terrible at first, you know, I, I still have my days, you know, we all do, but, um, I had to go out there with friends, you know, two or three other guys that would kind of back me up and they would sing stuff and I would sing stuff, you know, to even get me out of the shell because I'm used to being out there with a band and just raging, you know, and, mm-hmm. and having all the confidence in the world to sit up there and feel like you're naked with an acoustic guitar is just one of the, one of the toughest things in the world, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so so when I when I started doing that, uh, it took a little trio that I had in order to even get me to attempt it, and then and then even then, you know, the last couple of years I haven't I haven't really been that active. I play maybe four or five shows a year. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, deal. You know, like we all do, we all deal with depression and shit like that, and uh, you know that stuff just weighs heavy on you. And you, so, you know, you I get done with the show and I just eat myself alive and you know, and not, not take it in, you know, and I'm looking at the wrong things, I think, you know, and stuff like that. So I struggled with that for a long time. And, uh, and once I've finally come out of my shell and hanging out with some friends and doing riders rounds and stuff like that, I'm like, man, let's just, let's just go have fun. Let's go have fun and make music. You know, just like you said earlier, at the Barnum Jam, some of those are three chords, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them are very intricate songs and stuff like that uh, that people play, and that's the beautiful thing in music, man. It's it's a it connects some of the simplest things with the most complex feelings, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, and that's the way music is with me is that I can listen to a song and it'll take me back to when I was eight years old. I remember the smell in the room, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a weird thing that happens with me. Like I I can think of you know as soon as the song comes on, I can know right where I first heard that from, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it holds a special place, I guess, in my heart. So I knew I had to, I had to kind of get out of my shell and maybe get out there and have some fun with it. Well, it's Stop com- being so critical, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's comforting to know that other people have that feeling though, too. Cause I mean, I played uh, in a punk band in high school and then just like didn't play through most of my twenties. And then I joined another punk band in my late twenties and was like, all right, let's do this. And then I, you know, I started playing, you know, by myself in my basement and I was like, ah, I could probably do the, you know, the acoustic solo thing. So I booked a show and, and it's exactly like you said, when it was done, I was just like, that was garbage. I'm never going to do this again. Everybody hated it and stuff like that. Uh, I was just so down on myself. And, uh, the bartender at the place was just like, 
you don't seem happy about how you did and i'm like no i don't i'm like i'm i'm not happy about it it just it was horrible and he was like dude nobody else in here can do this like <laughs> you did awesome you know and it's like oh i never really thought of it that way you know like to you know to the layman they're just like this was killer somebody was in here playing music and i can't do any of that you know and and you know it's it's tough to get over that hump of you know being super critical of yourself i think but you know once you do it's like oh this is actually something that's very beneficial you know um not just to us as performers but also those around us or the or the crowd too you know because if you're up there just just thinking you suck the whole time you just got like that somber look on your face and you're like man this is terrible and then people aren't energized by what you're doing at all anymore and the more you kind of cut loose and have fun the more everyone else around you has fun too i agree i agree and you know so punk man i like that i see i was a i like punk too man i like everything it's it's that's that's what I love about music is that you know sometimes you get a little stuck in your ways like I remember when I first was a first joined a metal band I'm like all I can listen to is metal yeah you know uh, you know and and don't get me wrong I love metal I love it to death you know but um, there's days when I wake up and I'm happy and there's days when I wake up I'm sad there's I eat different foods all day you know I look so I listen to different music all day you know it's I listen to everything there's there's nothing I can count out you know um, they all have a story. So when I choose my songs, I don't care what genre it is. I don't care. I don't try and write in a box, uh, to figure out what I want to sound like or something like that. That's where I found that I created some of that depression because I always had this vision in my head of where, um, what I thought it should sound like and how it should sound and how I sound. And then, and then you hear the feedback from it or, or the, your very first recording, by God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, it, and you kind of get slapped back a little bit, or it's not what you think, you know, it's not what you hear in your head. So, um, I, I don't know, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it's just, uh, it's, that's, that's what I like about music and, and the different genres. So you can pick out, uh, well, here's where I was heading is the, uh, lyrics. I like the lyrics. I'm a big lyric guy. Um, so I like to find the lyrics that will connect with me. If I can't connect with a song, how am I going to sell it to you? You know, so, you know, I I try to pick things that and don't get me wrong. I'll have my fun days, but uh, I'm not playing wagon wheel, man. And there's nothing (laughs) against wagon wheel whatsoever. You know, that's just what everybody plays. So I I just play there. And trust me, I played it a thousand times. So I've had my share. Uh, It's just it's just I like to pick things that are way outside of the box a little bit if I'm going to cover it and 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 pick on lyrics a little bit and maybe even make it my own, you know, not not 100 percent cover things. And it's interpretive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, too. It's like, it's almost, I like to use analogies, but it's almost like uh, you wouldn't make food for somebody that you wouldn't eat yourself, you know? But uh, exactly. so, sometimes when you're making food, you have this idea of what it's going to look like when you're done or what it's going to taste like. And it might not look or taste like what you thought, but it still might taste good or whatever, you know? Or, or, or you might not think it looks good, but somebody else might get it. And they'd be like, this is amazing. I've oftentimes used the sandwich analogy where, like, if you made yourself a sandwich, you'd be like, this is boring. But if somebody made you the exact same sandwich, even if it's just like ham and cheese, you know, and it's the same ingredients you would have used anyways, you're just like, this is the best sandwich I've ever had because somebody else made it for you, you know? So, like, sometimes being super critical of ourselves is just something that happens because of all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I also, you know, I also get it, too, because, like, I don't, I'm not a good 
I don't know. Oh, here I go with it. I'm not a great singer-songwriter. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I've written very, very, very few songs. But I, I do like to play music, and I was always a big fan of like instrumental music. So, I've written handfuls of like instrumental songs, but they're all like half finished because it's like, well, this isn't as good as Steve Vai, and it's like, well, obviously, it's not going to be as good as Steve Vai, you know. But like, I have like all these like half finished songs over here on my computer that's just like nobody's ever going to hear these because they're garbage. But like. You know, that's me being critical of me. Maybe somebody else might enjoy it or at least have some some criticism to help beef it up and make it sound better or something, you know. Yeah, that's what, that, and that's the thing about music is you can bounce it off somebody else's ears and it triggers a different emotion or a different thought or a different progression. You know, they, they're like, hey, we should head this way instead of going that way, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. And that's what's kind of nice about what I have, because I got another songwriter, singer in my house, and sometimes I'll just throw it off of him. I'm like, hey, where do you see this heading, or you know, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, but we're all we're all basically a big ball of duct tape turned inside out, right? We're just rolling down, <laughs> rolling down the alley of life and just slowly picking up things as we're going. So we're, you know, there's, it's hard to find authenticity, I think, in music in general because of everything's been done. So. Uh, showing the passion, putting the passion out there, you know, owning, owning what it is you're doing and, and putting that passion in there is what, what's really going to sell that song and, on, and that, that performance, you know, they're all not going to be the same, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't put my pants on the same way every day. So we just, you know, I roll with the punches now. It's no big deal. I go out there, I have some fun. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely that argument that like almost everything in music's been done before, you know, and there's only a few arguments you could make that not everything in music has already been done. And I mean, like, I mean, I always like when people say everything in music's already been done before, everything's just a copy of something previous. And I'm like, well, I don't know, like some stuff's not obviously, but like at the same rate, like there's so many songs that are just like, this is GCD over and over again. You know, it's like, oh, there's a billion songs like that. Or like you said, Wagon Wheel, you know, it's uh a minor FCG, and there's like a bazillion songs that use that chord progression. And I'm not even kidding, like a freaking billion songs. But it's all based <laughs> right. on like the lyrics around them and, and what kind of sprinkles you add on top to make it sound the way you want it to sound, you know? And the lyrics are a very important thing if you're doing the singer-songwriter thing too, though. You know, the lyrics do yeah. definitely make it what you want it to be instead of just just being chords and basic stuff, you know, too. Yeah, you're painting a picture. But yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, so you got that whole chord progression, and you got a billion songs that are of that same progression, but they're all different interpretations. So that's why you can never, you can sit here and get stuck in this hole and be like, oh, that's already been done, or that's already been done. Yeah, but these are a billion other interpretations of it. What's yours? You know, find yours. Yeah. Don't make excuse plan. Let's get her done. Yeah, that's like uh, if you were a good chef and you're not going to open a pizza restaurant because everyone else has already made a pizza, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, it's, a, it's just nonsense, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great way. I mean, here I am with the food analogies. Maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. I, I... <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> so before you were doing the singer-songwriter thing, you were talking about being in a metal band. Um, was it Reality's Flaw was the one that you uh, sent me some some music to over Messenger earlier? Oh, uh, maybe. I think that was it. Were you in other bands, yeah. other metal bands before that? Yeah, I was in. Yeah, I uh, I was in a band. Um, yeah, I was in like five, six other bands. I did. Uh, my first band was called Hate Agenda, and then went into Reality's Flaw. Hate Agenda only lasted like a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. We were we were teenagers. Yeah. And then uh, Reality's Flaw uh, did that for a long time, actually kind of did some little bit of touring and 
and stuff like that. Um, played, got, got pretty accomplished around the scene, I'd say. You know, our, our shows were pretty good, I'd say. Um, and, then, yeah, and then I went into uh, Upon Death's Arrival, which was a whole different side of metal. It was the extreme death metal, you know, with all the crazy, crazy changes and just, it was insane. Like, stuff, it's honestly stuff I would never listen to, but I created it. And I could send you a couple tracks of that. You'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, send me some of that for sure. So how do uh, and then Heroes End was kind of a, a another band that I did, and it was kind of a, a punk or it had a little punk uh, metal kind of hardcore <laughs> all spin into one band kind of thing and oh. stuff like that. And, uh, and then did a couple cover bands, and then did this trio, and then here I am now. You know, it's kind of crazy. I do love how there's like a lot of musicians who do take this like winding road to get to where they're going. You know, like I said, I played punk music growing up. And then I after that, I, I played in a metal band for a while. Uh, and then I played some blues. And now I'm like predominantly playing like country music. I'm even like assisting a folk singer tonight, you know, um, as of the day we're recording this. So uh, it's just one of those things, you know, it's not always a straight path to get to go and where you want to go. And it, I also kind of felt like metal musicians are some of the best and, and maybe some of the worst at uh supporting other types of music you know and that's nothing to say metal you know people who like metal are the best or worst music lovers but um you know i, I always went to a lot of different metal shows and stuff like that and you'd see them wearing all sorts of different types of t-shirts and and as some of me and my peers that were in the metal scene get older you start to find that like some of them are just like dude this this old bluegrass stuff rips you know or whatever and it's like wait, what? Like, how did, how did you get into bluegrass when, like, all you listened to beforehand was Megadeth, you know, or whatever? You're, like, you're the world's biggest children of Bodo fan. Bluegrass is country metal, man. It's straight up is. Bluegrass is 100% <laughs> country metal. That stuff gets so... I mean, you listen to Billy Strings or something like that, they're wild, man. They're cool. Cool stuff, but yeah. I think the craziest part about the bluegrass guys is they're doing the shredding with, like, um, no distortion to cover up the mistakes. Yes. You know? Yes. It's like 100% clean, and you're like, I can hear all the notes, and if they were to make one tiny mistake, I'd be able to pick it out in a heartbeat, but there's none of them, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I don't know. I always thought that, like, metal metal fans were always pretty okay with uh, other styles of music. They just, like, I don't know, a lot of them really just prefer, you know, enjoying talented musicians, I guess, would be, like, the one caveat. But there's also, like, it's a weird thing in the metal scene where some people are just like, I'm into doom metal and death metal sucks, or I'm, I like thrash metal and, and hardcore is terrible. You know, there's also some of, like, those guys in the metal scene, though, too. And I'm sure that's in every scene, but um, yeah. that's that's the other thing about the metal scene is it's, from the outside looking in, everything is everything's Metallica or everything is Slipknot. But like from the ins <laughs> yeah, inside yeah. looking out, it's like, no, there's 400 genres in metal and we're all different, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so there's you, definitely you know, a bunch of that. that. That's what was diff difficult as well because, man, you go out and you play a metal show, holy crap, you're, you're thrashing for 45 minutes or whatever and you get done with that and you've like left everything out there that you have and and then you're raging with a bunch of your buddies that you just met. I mean, I I, I played up in Fort Dodge quite a bit, man. We I I, uh, I think I told you this at that jam night that I ended up seeing uh, Brutal Republic practice at this big building. I'm not even sure. There's like a couple other bands practicing there. Uh, from Citizen to Soldier was one of them, but Infandis was another one that was up there. But um, anyway, they, yeah, so I saw them so many years ago and to see that, and then, then after 
listening to the podcast and and uh, seeing the jam nights and realizing that oh my god that dude's still at it man he's yep. still doing he's still got the same band it's yep it's, that's cool man he was killer yeah I saw him they come, he come down to uh, Hull Avenue too and played a show down there yeah but uh, um, what Jeremy right yeah Jeremy mm-hmm. Ober. You know, the crazy part about going down to Hull was uh, when Jason Boggs found out I was from, uh, he, everyone's like, where are you from? And I'm like, Humboldt, it's uh, north of Fort Dodge. It's the best way you can describe it. Otherwise, you're just like, tiny town, never heard of it. But I'm like, I'm from north of Fort Dodge. And he's like, you ever heard of Jeremy Ober? He's killer. And I was just like, yep, I yeah. have, you know. As a matter yeah. of fact, when I was a teenager in a punk band, you know, Jeremy was was kicking it in Brutal Republic. And he was just like, hey, you know, you guys should play with us. And we weren't, you know, we weren't polished or anything. So we never ended up playing a show with him or anything. But, uh yeah, he's been doing it for a while, and he's he's morphed it and changed it over the years. Different members have come in and out, but he's still like the main figurehead, and uh, it's pretty awesome though because he he'll he'll tailor stuff to like the singer songwriter type thing, or uh, if he's playing like electric shows with like the whole band that he's got, he'll start the nights out kind of softer, and then by the end of the night he's playing, you know, he's he's damn near leaning into the, like the Metallica era, and uh, yeah. You know, it's pretty crazy. Let's see here. I just got. He was he was just down here. Uh, he was down here, uh, five miles away from me at the Maxwell Farmers Market last, like, I think last weekend, I believe. Oh, and nice. I didn't see it until after, oh. or else I would have been up there. I would have been up because I, I mean, I think I met him back then or whatever. But I, you know, I I don't know. I can't recall, and I'm sure he doesn't either. But um, I was going to walk up. I would I would introduce myself. You know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because he actually he actually just sent me a text message. That's why if anybody was wondering why I was tipping my head sideways, I was trying to read my phone, but <laughs> I missed it. I don't know. I'll check it later. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, he comes up to the jam nights there in Barnum quite a bit though too. You know, and that's that's another fun thing is just to be like you know, I don't know. He's he's just one of the guys. You know, and I always thought like Jeremy's so good, he's gonna be intimidating. I don't want to mess up in front of him and uh, or whatever. But like. Uh, I would just go to the jam nights and just sit in the back and just kind of like watch. And then I was like, I'm not going to play. Jeremy's too good. I don't want to follow that or whatever. And then, uh, one night he was just like, Hey, um, here's the guitar. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he just like handed it to me and walked away. And I was like, ah, what do I do with this thing? You know, like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, Oh, I guess I could figure it out. You know? And I, I knew some stuff like I'd been playing in the basement and, uh, before you know it, you start to like fit in in places and, um, like we were talking about playing some more intricate songs. Sometimes he'll write some intricate songs and he'll sit there and be like, here's the basic chord progression. This is the key it's in. Uh, when you hit the solo, that it changes to here so you can solo it in this and then this. So he'll like tell you that kind of stuff before the song. Like, you know, you get this quick 20 second rundown. So he, he allows you to fit in. He doesn't want anyone to just go up there and fail or whatever. Or if you're having a tough time, he'll, he'll call the chord changes out to you on the side. And it's like, yeah, he's just such a nice guy, you know, and I think the world needs more people like that. But some of that probably just comes from him grinding for so long, you know, too. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll see you guys on Tuesday, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if you swing up on another Tuesday, I would be more than happy to see it, man. It was, uh, you fit in quite well and it wasn't just like the musicians that were loving what you were doing. I mean, there's regulars that show up there there's random people that come in just to eat food and things like that at the bar and uh because the bar does have food but uh you took that picture that that picture of all of us you know there and that literally everyone like after every song was going nuts and it, i don't know what i don't know whether or not it was uh the energy in the room or if you were just killing it that much or or what but all the musicians were loving it and then you turn around and look and it's like all these people stuffing their face with burgers and stuff are going nuts too you know and it's like most of the time they're just sitting there enjoying themselves yeah. and then they leave you know but you you caught some people's eyes up there you know 
um, even like I said, even enough to book yeah. a book a show up there. It's it's definitely worth your while to swing up. So, well, I truly appreciate that, man. Like I said, it's it's those little moments. You know, you don't always get those moments where where you get people applauding. You know, sometimes it's crickets after you get done playing a song. So, um, your your skin gets thick sometimes, and when you're when you're able to get uh, a little bit of a reaction like that, and especially in a place that you ain't even ever been, you know. You, I, I truly appreciate it. I smiled all the way home, man. So it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. And so, and then I learned some things. I'm like, all right, man, you got to get some business cards and some things like that. Like, I think I wrote my number down on like five different napkins last that, that night. <laughs> so, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have my Facebook page up really, you know, um, or anything like that. So I was like, all right, it's time to maybe get some work and book some shows and get out there. There's a lot of cool people out here, so it's time to get out. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of us did add you on Facebook, and then it was, you know, some people, I couldn't find him, and I'm like, well, this is his page, and we're all trading our phones around to make sure we all added the right person, you know, and then we saw, like, you know, later in the week you modified it to, you know, professionalize it a little bit more. Those are huge air quotes for people not watching, but, yeah, you know, it's one of those cool things where it's like, ah, He's, he's gearing up to do some special stuff here, you know, and, uh, you know, I, th I think that's going to be pretty beneficial. And it's not like you have to have a professional Facebook page. You don't have to have business cards to do it all or whatever. You can just go out there and have fun and do it, you know, and there's so many people that are successful just doing that. But, uh, you know, it does sometimes make it a little easier to find the people when you, you know, when you have like a page that's kind of easier to find or properly yeah. titled or, or whatever. But, uh, you yeah. know. So earlier you were talking about how uh, you played a couple shows as like a trio and, and you even had like Matt Woods join you. And uh, that was something that like um, when you sent me your, oh uh, gosh, I don't want to get it wrong. Is it, It's Whiskey and Cigarettes? Cigarettes and yeah. Whiskey? Whis whiskey and Cigarettes. Whiskey and Cigarettes. Had it right the first time. I, I don't have any notes with me. I, I've been writing everything. Literally, I'm writing stuff down on my table right now because I don't have a notebook with me. So, like, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's been the one thing I've been lacking. I've been telling myself I gotta go get a notebook here soon because I'm using one notebook for like four different things right now, and I'm just ripping pages out of the center. I, I got mine with me everywhere I go, man. Dude, that's smart. Honestly. Let me ask you this then. We're gonna shift gears real quick. How many times have you been somewhere where you thought of a lyric and you didn't have your notebook with you, and then it's gone forever? Never. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Smart man. This, the, voice, the voice memo and that thing is plum full along with my notes. And, and yeah, so, and then I got a portable zoom that I take with me to shows mm -hmm. uh, and, and record the sets live because I want to do a live CD, but, um, there's always ideas, man. Ideas are always coming at you. You know, like I said earlier, you're just kind of, we're just kind of a ball of sticky notes rolling, rolling through life. So we, we kind of always have these ideas. And if you ain't jot them down, the one mistake I have made is that I'll, I will listen, uh, I'll listen back to maybe some song ideas or something like that in my phone and I'll leave them in there for a while. But if I listen to them a handful of times, I'll just decide they're probably not valuable if I'm not going to do anything with them. You know, if I, I made up my mind that I'm not going to do much with it and I'll delete it. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to since then a few songwriters and they're like, no, don't ever do that. You never know when that'll trigger something else, you know? And I, I do get that. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to stop myself from doing that, but sometimes you need space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's like you said, same deal with me. Like I'll so I, I, the longer the short is I try not to uh, let an idea fade away. I try to, I try to let it stick around, you know, e either in a notebook or on a notes in my phone or on a recording. 
Yeah, it's, it's really smart because honestly, like like I said, I've I sit down and I record like shells of songs, or I'll like make like backing tracks that are, you know, basic but like just different enough to be something that's you know not just you know your average YouTube like you know A7 to E7 to D7 nonsense, but like I'll I'll, I'll make some backing tracks and I'll play some like solo type stuff over top of it and I, I'm like ah it's garbage but then I'll come back like months later and listen to it I'm like there's a few bits in here that are actually pretty good though you know um you know some of it is not something I would use but there like I said you know you don't want to you don't want to throw it away because you might come back months and months later and be like oh wait a second there's something in here I can use maybe not the whole thing but there's definitely something or maybe you're like I have this thing that's not quite finished but in this little sliver of something I can just slide it right in there and it fits really well actually you know so uh, makes sense. Yeah, I uh, I've I've had two separate ideas that created one song that I didn't even realize that they were they worked together. You know, or I didn't I didn't put much thought into them working together. And then one day I just I I played them back to back, and I'm like, holy crap! There's almost a song right there. Yeah. You know? So it's it's weird how that works. Let me ask you something. So when you you play a lot with a lot of people, yeah, are, are you are you getting their sets or are you just improvising a lot of it or is it just over time that you uh that you kind of like when you when you go to play especially sitting in with jesse and stuff like that i'm sure by now you probably got a lot of his set down yeah but how does how do you practice i mean how much are you practicing Oof. I guess? yeah okay calling me out here um i met yeah. Je- <laughs> i met jesse at the jam night in barnum actually and uh just from playing along with him when he was playing um you know, there's other musicians up there who might be like, quote unquote, better or whatever. But like a lot of people up there are busy musicians, but, you know, booking three, four five shows a week or whatever. Um, or they're in like two or three or four different bands, you know. And it was one of those deals where like uh, if I just played with Jesse and I was just kind of like goofing around and improvising as he was going along, I'd be, I just figure out, OK, here's the basic chord changes he's using. I can tag the end of some of his lyrics like this or or this is where the solo would fit or this is kind of the style I should play or something like that. And, uh, you know, it ended up being one of those things where he just invited me to come play a show with him once. And it went well enough, uh, that it, that it worked out. And honestly, the first show I went to with Jesse, I ran sound for him, uh, and somebody else was playing guitar. And then that transformed into me playing bass with him while somebody else, uh, played guitar with him. And then that ended up morphing into me playing guitar with him. Cause like, there used to not be a bassist at jam night and you know sometimes owen would be there but sometimes like before he would come there was another guy that named named brad that would show up uh we get we drop his name a little bit here and there in the podcast but uh yeah sometimes brad wouldn't show up because he's got a family and a farm and he, he works and he's you know busy guy so like i would just bring a bass with me sometimes and if nobody was playing bass i'd just play the bass and i'm not like insanely good at the bass but i'm passable enough to just be a bassist so well, you know, like what we ended up doing was just kind of just going to shows and figuring it out on the fly. And um, I wouldn't say we do things the same every time, but there's a few songs where I've I've found my comfort zone where it's like, this is one of Jesse's songs and uh, I prefer to do this to it. So I don't, you know, this is the tag I add to like the opening part of the song because it just, it's basic and simple and it fits in really well or something, you know. So there's a few things like that that I've figured out where he and I have... Um, you know, figured out how some songs go in their basic structure, but sometimes we just go on the fly. Sometimes um, we'll be playing a place and it's just like uh, hit a solo before the before the first chorus even. And it's like all right, sure, you know, you just start soloing away, and then you know some songs have 
you know, only space for one solo, but sometimes we'll solo three times in it or whatever. Or sometimes the outro turns into a, a whole other solo jam session or something like that or whatever. You know, it just kind of depends on who's who's there and what's going on. And 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 now Owen started playing with us live too, so it's it's kind of fun because it's just like I can turn over and be like Owen solo, you know, <laughs> and he's just like no, and right. I'm like and I'm like do it, you know, because he's crazy good at bass. So dude, he kills it, man. He he's, kills it. He's wild. And a good bass player is means man there that's that makes a world of difference in music man yeah i actually i actually played bass for a little while uh and i'm not i'm not a bass player whatsoever but the funny thing is i played it in a band called pain face for for a while played some shows at woolies and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it was a band yeah was, yeah but it's not my gig man i i played it for a while and i'm like i just don't know i'm not feeling that. i can't i it's not my thing. I'm not very good at it, man. And especially when you see somebody like Owen that just rips it. You're like, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's wild. I mean, he plays almost every... We, I did podcast with him this last week, and he plays almost everything by ear. So, um, you know, and that's something that's different about him and him and I was like, he plays stuff by ear where I'll, I'll like look at Jesse and Jesse's like, these are the basic chords. And I'm like, okay, this is the keys and his capos here. I can play these chords to what he's playing, and then I can also just like solo in this shape or whatever. So my brain goes into this weird like mechanical place instead of like just playing by ear, and that's like the difference me and Owen found out was like if you put the capo on four, all of a sudden you're in, you know, like G sharp, you know, is the key or something, and he's just like, wait, what key are we in right now? And it's just like, oh, it's yeah, this is the this is the key if you're in minor or whatever, you know, and it's like, you know, the relative major would be, you know b or whatever so like you have to like sit there and do some of those kind of things and then Owen like then he grasps it and he just goes to town but um yeah a lot of what i figured out as far as like playing with other musicians was literally at jam nights um i played at the barnum jam there used to be a jam night in fort dodge that jeremy ran at a place called patty's pub and uh you know i did i did well enough at the barnum jams where he invited me to go to the patty's pub jam and play there a few times so uh, I played at the Patty's Pub Jam, you know, a few times. And then that, even then it was just like, that was always packed full of like the best musicians and like people that weren't in bands and just played in their basements that were just like, this guy's a killer. How come he's not in a band? It's like, well, he just doesn't want to be in one, you know, but you know, these people had so much talent and those were, those were ones where if I wasn't like a host musician, I would just sit in the back and just wait my turn. And then I was always nervous, you know, going to those too. Cause it was like, ah, hopefully nobody calls me out or whatever, you know, and I don't want to have to go up there and play some crazy songs where I don't know how to play them or whatever. But that was when I was first kind of starting out. But, you know, and that's, I think that's something else too, is getting over that that stage of like first starting out and, and busting down all those barriers and getting out of your comfort zone and playing with other people, you know. And um, did you start out playing metal music then? Is that what, like what you started with? Or did you start out um, yeah. just, oh, you just started out straight away with metal music? Yeah, I was, I, you know, I grew up, I grew up on, uh, I mean, my my name Chris with a K, Anderson with an A, <laughs> mm-hmm. is uh, I'm named after uh, Chris Christopherson. So my mom and dad were kind of country folks, and they like they like to listen to that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I grew up on kind of '80s, '90s country. And um, and when I hit my angry teenage years, um, I found Pantera, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> found Pantera and. Uh, and yeah, so I, I jumped in and I was just running vocals. I just did vocals for uh, those bands and I hadn't touched a guitar. And I'd, I'd, I don't know, I was probably 30 years old before I grabbed a guitar. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. 
so you, so you did vocals for all those bands for the most part, but you did say you played bass with uh, was it Pain Face you played bass with? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. So I guess I, yeah, and that was that was probably right after I grabbed the acoustic guitar. I bought myself an acoustic guitar and just learned basic chords, and then uh, and then from there I ended up playing bass for a little while, and then and then uh, and I still, I mean, it was probably five years ago before I really got a little a little more serious about it, and. I did a few lessons here and there, but nothing too, like four or five lessons. That was about it, you know. Nothing mm. too. I didn't spend a bunch of time on it. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube and online blues, man. I learned. I learned. Uh, uh, starting to mess around with some Delta blues and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. It's just fun, you know. Get outside of the box and and learn some other things, you know. I I played G, C, and D a thousand times. Let's let's find some variations of it. Yeah. So, that's what I want to do with these jam nights is just go out and meet people and, and jam. You know, I want to be able to improvise a little bit. I'm not, I'm not a technical player. Um, but if I could find my way around a little bit, that'd be cool. You know, so that's, and the only way to do that's the only way to get better is get uncomfortable, you know, so that's, get uncomfortable and learn. That's a hundred percent true. You know, and that's, that's pretty much how I figured it out. Cause like I said beforehand, like, uh, punk and metal were the only two things I played and those aren't very like conducive to improvising, you know, <laughs> And then right. I uh, I started playing more blues and stuff like that, and I played a few blues shows and stuff with like a band I had started, but we didn't play too many shows or whatever. But uh, you know that's a little bit more conducive to to you know just open ended soloing, whatever you want to do, where it's like, all right, we're gonna play this ZZ Top song. This is how like the main parts go, and when we hit the solo section. You take a round, and I'll take a round, and then we go back to the verse or whatever. You know, so it's like. How, how do you want me to solo? I don't care. Just do whatever you want. Make it up on the fly for all I can, you know? So like, that's kind of how I started like learning how to do solos and stuff. And that's, you know, how most of my soloing style leans pretty hard into the blues still. But like, uh, I'm starting to slowly figure out what I can do as far as, you know, things that might fit a little bit better with country style stuff or, uh, you know, uh, playing in a major key as opposed to a minor key, um, you know, to kind of make it sound a little happier or sadder, depending on what the song you know what fits the song better and things like that but i i don't know it's just uh i feel like if you ever want to you know when you're up at jam night just swing up there and play i mean we've had people from beginners to absolute professionals i mean we've had people that are uh first starting out that barely know how to pick a key out unless you tell them play solos up there and we've had guys that have went to the university of berkeley like the place where steve Vai went to school like come in there and play too so uh it's a wide variety of people and nobody ever looks down their nose at anybody it's always uh everybody's just loves what everyone else does because uh yeah and it's not and i'm not trying to crap on other you know areas but it's not like that everywhere you know um no no, it's not um some yeah i know that's that would be nice you know if you had that everywhere i mean that camaraderie alone brings a lot of a lot more attention and then brings a lot more people to just shows in general yeah you know it's not just about an individual it's it's about the scene you know when you have these open jams it's all about the scene man it's not about uh peter stockdale or owen or chris you know it's it's about the whole scene that's up there and everybody uniting and getting in a room and making some noise and making damn good noise you know yeah yeah i mean that's that's even what owen said last week on the on the podcast was uh you know it's like 90 percent of the time it's really good music and that's like it's pretty wild to say that because a lot of us are just up there on the fly kind of going through stuff, you know? And, you know, like, like I said, when you were up there, me and Owen played a few songs with you and it, I mean, we didn't wreck anything, but it was just kind of like, I don't know if we're adding the right stuff to this or whatever. So we'll let them play some solo stuff, but it's like also 
you know, we were just kind of on the fly trying to guess through what you were doing. So, uh, and you know, that's, that's probably my favorite part about jam nights too, though, is you get all these different people with their different styles. And, and somebody once told me, you know, even if, even if what I'm playing isn't as, as good or, or whatever as let's say the Jeremy Ober out there playing or something, um, he's not playing what I'm playing either. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, everybody has their own style that's unique to them and it's, uh, conducive to, you know, what makes us all individuals, uh, with or without an instrument in our hands. Exactly. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is a great song, right? There's a lot of layers to it. And then sometimes you can get just, uh, Freddie Mercury just singing acapella, you mm -hmm. know, and it's one of the greatest things on earth, you know? So it's just like, that's, that's the great thing about music is you could do man it's gonna shine it's gonna shine yeah yeah definitely um yeah yeah and that's just i don't know i've when i grew up i was kind of like you were like uh i i liked metal so much and then i was just kind of like metal's the best it's got to be metal and then like the more i started playing other styles and branching out and going different places i realized there's nuances to every style of music and everybody plays different kinds of music and and playing along with it isn't always easy even if you can play flashy and a whole bunch of notes or like if you can sweet pick or something like that it doesn't fit into folk music you know so you got to start to figure out like what fits where and and, uh, you know, Owen and I talked last week on the podcast, even though like country isn't our favorite style, playing with Jesse has become really, really fun for us because we just really enjoy playing it, you know, and I don't, I don't know why, but you know, now I'm starting to find myself like listening to like Tyler Childress on the side, you know, and it's like, don't tell anybody I said that. No, <laughs> seriously though, it's, it's pretty funny though. Cause it's like, I'm starting to find myself becoming more of a fan of different varieties of music. And, and you know, the more music I listen to, the more I realize like I'm, I haven't even begun to like peel the outer layer of this onion of music off yet. You know, there's so much more that I haven't even like seen or heard or, or even heard of, you know? And I mean, that, that goes as far as like the musicians just right here in Iowa. I mean, you know, exactly. Honestly, exactly. you know, that's what, that's what made it so cool for you to show up there at Barnum was it's just like, this guy's coming up from Des Moines. Like what's he, you know, what's he doing? You know? And then he comes up and it's like, this guy's killer, you know? And I would have never <laughs> heard of you or seen you before, uh, had it not been for that, you know? And, and I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about it earlier. I'm surprised our paths didn't cross in the past, though. You know, with yeah, you and them, they probably have. You know, yeah. You never know. You know, <laughs> they probably have. Yeah, the, so, the drummer, especially, oh, especially with some of the scenes. You know, yeah, like the drummer in my Being punk up, band um, was in uh, Dark Mirror for like ten years. You know, yeah. and I'm I'm sure being from the Des Moines scene, you've heard of Dark Mirror. And maybe played a show with them once or twice, you know. So it's one of those things where it's like, I bet our paths have at least come close to crossing. Or maybe some of my metal buddies that listen to the podcast will be like, yeah, I know who Chris is. You know, they might know who you are. And that's the other thing was like, that's how you found out about some of the things, or even my podcast in general, because I had Cody Benton on, you know, and, yep. and you knew him from the metal scene. So it's like, you know, it's, it's so Cody, weird how it, it overlaps and funny. connects Cody, like that. Cody lived near me, and um, I actually worked with him for a little bit. Um, and we were in different trades, but we we were on the same job site or whatever. And so that's how we ended up kind of talking. And then I'd run into him. I swear it was like every other day at like Hy-Vee or the gas station <laughs> up by my house. You know, I was living in Altoona at the time. And yeah, it was funny. I just, he was, it was so weird. Like <laughs> I told him, I was like, you're like my best friend that I don't even know. I run into <laughs> you. I mean, we know each other, but you know, so yeah. But yeah, he's a, he's a good dude, man. Good band. Yeah. Good guys. Yeah. 
And you know that is another funny thing though. Like once you once you realize who somebody is and you acquaint your acquaintance yourself with them, then you start to like see them everywhere. As opposed to like, right. you know, you might just like pass each other a thousand times a day and not even know it until like you start to like, oh, this is this person's name and this is the stuff they like, and now we're yep. buddies. And now I see, you know, like you said, I see them at the gas station. And I see them at the, you know whatever. So it's like that is pretty crazy. You know, that's also. One of the things that I miss about the metal scene a little bit too is that, like, you know, when, back then, back then we were booking shows with like three other bands or two other bands or something like that at a, at you know, Harry Mary's or something, and making a night of it with you know three other two other acts, and to where now you're just booking solo things by yourself for like three hours, and I'm like, I you know I would love to bring back and just get like a three artists on a bill and you know figure out some way to do that it would be sweet so anybody's listening that can figure that out with me (laughs) Uh, let's rock it man or start our own highwayman where we have like four artists up there that just jam through songs right together you know what i mean oh my gosh i love it i I would love that so much i think that would be more entertaining than just watching chris anderson for three hours man you know, but, you and I know you and Jesse had talked about it a little bit, but that's something Jesse's trying to do. Where uh, you know he's figured out that like um, having if almost everybody that plays three or four hours has to take a break. Not everyone does, I get it, but like some people, it's like I'm going to take a twenty minute break. But while you're taking that twenty minute break, you plug your phone in, you play some phone music or whatever, and then it's like, yeah, that's cool or whatever. But sometimes it's enough of a distraction where people are just like going to get up and leave or something. But like. Something Jesse's been doing is is he'll find somebody else that's in the crowd or whatever and be like, what are you doing? Like, you want to come up and play the instruments and, and do something here? So he'll let, you know, people that are in the cr- crowd that are musicians come up and play during intermission and give them a place to do what they're doing, you know. And that's something he's trying to do a little bit of. Or he'll, like, he'll book, like, a four-hour show and sacrifice the first hour and pay out another musician to play for the first hour, you know. I love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know he invited me to uh, the Brick and Ivy show with you guys, and uh, I I initially agreed to it, and then I started thinking about it. I, I didn't even realize until like two days before it was my freaking son's birthday. I mean, I knew it was. I just didn't put two and two together, and I'm yeah. like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can sneak away, Jesse. Come up. I'll come down, man, but... Yeah, I mean that was a, that yeah, was a pretty fun place. If you can ever get there, um, I mean that's the other thing he likes to do is like if you've if he's booked a show there and you've never been there, he wants to try and put somebody else there. So it's just like check out this other person I know that you can book. You know, we're not we're not scared to cut another slice of this pie off and give it to somebody. You know, because there's plenty of bookings everywhere for everyone. Plus, you don't want to. It'd be like if we booked every week at Brick and Ivy, people get tired of us. You know, not that we would, or not that Brick and Ivy would do that to anybody, but like. You know, it's so we want to make sure that the places have different varieties of people to book. So that way, by the time we actually do come back, it's a whole new thing. And, uh, you know, like I said, everybody gets a slice of the pie, you know, on the way around. So, um, you know, that like I said, that's one of the funnest things about Jesse. And we played there and they had a different stage set up than they had the last time Jesse was there. And it was um, it was a little bit smaller than we thought it was going to be. But at the same time, like with, you know, I, I made the joke with lumber prices, this is like a $20,000 stage, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was killer. Yeah. I'd never been there before. It was really fun. The only time I'd ever seen anything from there was videos of when my buddies had played there. So it was really, you know, that's the other fun thing about playing with Jesse is he gives me the opportunity to go new places that I wouldn't normally get to go. You know, like I said, I play in punk music and nobody's going to be playing punk music at brick and Ivy, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh. i know man i it's, i i've been there i haven't played there or nothing like that but i i so when i'm not playing I'm, I'm normally heading out to shows you know whenever i can if i can break away 
Um, it's kind of tough. I got six kids and I live on a farm myself with a bunch of animals. So yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's tough, but any, any chance I can get away, I escape and I go and watch other people perform, man, if they're out there. So I, I would just, uh, I caught my buddy Josh over there, and then last weekend I saw another buddy of mine uh, in Mitchellville, and then, you know, so any any time I can get out, I get out and see other other musicians and and uh, look at new venues and what have you to hopefully get your foot in the door, you know. Yeah, you know, and that's the other thing is like buddying up with people to play music too. Um, like we said on your EP, oh, we're gonna swing back to this because we're getting close to. I have to let you go here uh, before not too long because you're playing a show tonight too, as of the night yes. we're recording yep. this. So, uh, um, I mean, this will come out next Thursday, but uh, but yeah. So uh, your EP, uh, there's somebody playing solos on top of things, and I remember you telling me you like don't particularly play too many solos here or there, and I was like, oh. Uh, who's the one who's doing the solos on this? Because they're pretty killer. And then you were just then you said something like, "Oh, uh, Matt Woods is playing the solo on this." And I was just like, "No way!" Like, because Matt Woods is one of my favorites, you know. Um, you know, not yeah. just not just as uh, I made up something last night that I haven't said anywhere, and I'll say it right here because I think it's funny. I think Matt Woods is the triple threat of Iowa. He's a, he's a great guitar player. He's a great guy, and he's probably got the best guitar faces in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, See. Matt's another one, man. He actually lived right around the corner from me, and I drove by his house all the time, and I was friends with him on Facebook, but I didn't personally know him, and then he, like, posted a picture of his house, and I'm like, holy crap, dude, you live, like, a half a mile away from me, like, right around the corner. He's like, oh, yeah? I said, yeah. I said, let me know if you ever need any, you know, any hands or anything like that, and he was dealing with hogs. He was like, as a matter of fact, help me wrangle up my hogs tomorrow if you can. I'm like, oh. see you there, buddy. Nice. <laughs> Well, it was, yeah, it was like one of the first times I met him. Right now, I'm helping him wrangle up his hogs. And That's awesome. Ended up buying him and whatever, but yeah. So, yeah, it's a small world, you know. But yeah, Matt's great. Matt played uh, a couple of them, um, and then the uh, uh, the producer of it played on some. Um, he actually hired out a couple of hired guns to play a couple other. Uh, I think there's got him. It's been it's been a couple of years now since I released that thing, so. It's a little foggy, but um, we have a heart player on there, I believe. And um, the last track has my son on it. And him and I co-wrote, I think, two of the songs that are on that album. But Nice. Um, so, yeah, that was 2018 or 2019's, I think, since the album was released. Yeah, so it's only a few years old. Um, yeah. You got, you got plans to put another EP out there in the future? Yes, I'm uh, I'm hard at work now. Um I am uh, just writing constantly, you know, and I've got probably 30, 40 songs now, and then I'm still continuing to write, but I'm going to weed them out, you know. I'm going to play some live and see what feels good and, and uh, just kind of keep working on things. And and uh, I'm hoping to do a live album maybe in the or release something as far as a live EP in the fall and then uh, actually studio stuff uh, early next year is the plan so awesome but constantly i've got a program here so i'm just constantly kind of plug things in and just kind of weed things out as i'm going so it's awesome if anybody's uh wondering that ep once again was called whiskey and cigarettes it's available on Bandcamp. i will put a link to it um down below in the description section as well as a link to um pretty much any social media that chris sends my way so if you got anything, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because, like I said, I know you got to you know you got to take off here in like ten minutes to go to a show. So, um, 
you know, if you got anything you want to send me, just feel free to send it on over, and uh, we can be in touch about more of the details. Because, like I said, this won't come out until Thursday. So, um, yep. is there anything we didn't talk about on this podcast that you particularly wanted to to touch on? Man, I got a ton of shows coming up. Um, I'm not going to list them all, but go onto the the Facebook page that you uh, post the link to and check those out. But I'm looking to book more, and if it, if there's anybody out there that wants to book a couple nights with me, man, let's do it. Let's do this thing. Oh, that'd be so uh, cool. I'm ready to be. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to, I'll see you probably Tuesday at the open jam. Nice. Nice. And, uh, I'm going to hit up as many of those things as I can, man. Just get out there. It's, it's time to, it's time to get active. Yeah. Make a plan, not make excuses. That's true. Yep. Yep. Oh man. I, I love it. It's a positive attitude to have and it's the right attitude to have. So if anybody's looking for the EP, check it out down below. It's in the description. If you want to see the events, uh, they're on Chris's Facebook page. Uh, I believe you posted a couple graphics for that. Otherwise, I'm sure you're going to be doing the whole Facebook event creation thing there too, making events for that yep. or whatever, sharing those. Yep. So, so check out the Facebook page, give it a like, give it a follow, um, whatever you got to do to make sure you don't miss out on one of his shows. Cause like I said, if I'm, if I'm not busy on the 24th, when you come to Fort Dodge, I'm, I'm going to swing down and check that out. Cause it's just down the road from me. So I'll be super happy. You bring your guitar if you do. <laughs> Maybe I'll pop in on a song or two. <laughs> Oh, I love it. One thing I do want to say, though, is keep at this thing, man. It's cool. I love listening to it. I love hearing what other people have to say. There's a lot of information that you get just off your own neighbors, man. And it's just cool uh, to to hear what people, everybody has a good story, you know, and and it's cool. So I appreciate you doing it. And I think it's, I appreciate you having me on here and keep, keep plugging it, man. Keep doing it. I love it. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for joining me, though, too, because like I said, we had to we this is like our third time booking a date to do this and <laughs> and we finally got it done but it's crazy that we both have like a hard out like i got to leave you know in a half an hour and you got to leave in like 5 minutes to go to your show so like uh you know it's one of those things where it's like we we squeezed it in when we could and it's as uh, pretty close to an hour as we could get so uh dude thank you so much for sitting down talking with me once again all the links for chris anderson are down below check them out thanks chris appreciate you brother yep Ah, it's another good episode. I, I love meeting new people and uh, enjoying their tunes and, and hearing their successes and struggles and, and what they've done to to morph themselves into the person that they are in the present day. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what Chris Anderson becomes in the future. He's really starting to take this thing, you know, pretty seriously. He's, he's ramping up his schedule for bookings and things like that. And I, uh, I hope to see him at a jam night again here sometime soon. He said he's going to swing out to a couple more of those, so... If his schedule permits it, I can't wait to see that. And uh, if my schedule permits it, I can't wait to see him play live somewhere sometime. Uh, as a matter of fact, that uh, show on the, let's see here, was it the 24th? I believe it was the 24th. Let me double check that. But yeah, he's going to be coming up to the Fort Dodge area here before too long. And it's going to be a good time. I can't wait to see that. Um, you know, I, I think it's really fun that we've got such a nice, it's the, uh, looks like we got the 25th on that show. Um, it's going to be up here on June 25th. Uh, if we, if we mismentioned that in the podcast, I, I'm sorry for that, but, uh, I did mismention it here in the outro, but Chris, he's going to be up at bootleggers in Fort Dodge on the 25th. Uh, hopefully I, I don't know, I guess I still haven't checked my booking schedule to see what's going on, but, uh, yeah, the fun part about this episode was we kind of booked this one, uh, last second. We've, we kind of struggled to get a date down, uh, that we could both work out. And then this one, we were like, well... I got a show tonight. You got a show tonight. We both got to leave it this time. Let's start about an hour early and let's see if we can squeeze one in here. So this one's just under an hour on the, on the interviews length, but, uh, you know, 
it is what it is. It can't all be over an hour and they can't all be, you know, perfect. But uh, this one's really close to an hour and I had a great time sitting down talking with him. And I can't wait to sit down and talk with him again. Hopefully one of those jam nights or maybe at his show. Um, you know, if I can't make that bootlegger show, maybe I'll try and make some other shows. If you go to his Facebook page, there's links down below. You can find all of his other events as well as his uh, EP on Bandcamp for Whiskey and Cigarettes. I'll put all that social media stuff down below. So check out his links. Give his Facebook page a like. Follow him on Instagram. And definitely check out that Whiskey and Cigarettes EP that he uh, came out with a couple years back. I know he's working on a new one, so I can't wait to hear that when that comes out as well. You know, it's uh, it's really good. It's kind of fun to hear that he actually, you know, um, on that on that Whiskey and Cigarettes EP, he actually teamed up with a couple different guitarists and musicians around the area to, to beef that album up. And it's, man, it's fantastic. It's honestly really, really good. So if uh, you guys are into that kind of stuff, it's genre bending. It's, uh, you know, it's a little bit of... Uh, I don't know what you would want to call it, like that old school kind of blues with a little bit of maybe new school flavors thrown in there. There's there's the kind of tiny hints of like metal maybe in there, but it's uh, predominantly somewhere in like the maybe country-ish area, but it's not like it's you can't put your finger quite on it 100%. And that's one of the things I think I enjoy about the album so much is it's uh, like I said, it's genre bending. And that's, you know, that's also one of my favorite things about a lot of the singer songwriters. They don't usually just stick to one thing and go with it. So um, you know, hats off to Chris for doing that. I can't wait to see him out and about again. And if you guys want to check his stuff out, like I said, his social media and his uh, Bandcamp pages are down below. So check them out. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out more Audible Farm stuff, go to audiblefarm.com. There's links to all the social media there, as well as uh, just about anything else you could ever want Audible Farm. You can go to the YouTube channel and hit subscribe. You can go to the Facebook page and hit like. You can share some of the links from there. Um, you can go to the social medias and, and comment or on the YouTube channel and comment on the videos or just kind of let us know what you think. If you're listening on a podcast service, give us a review on there. Um, you know, it's nice to hear from other people what they think about the episodes and, and things of that nature. So if you're listening to this and this is your first episode you listen to, thank you. If you're a longtime listener, hey, give us a comment and let us know what you think. There's also a Patreon page where you can go to to check out all of the Audible Farm videos um, as far as the podcast videos. So if you're into or watching, I guess, if you're into watching the podcasts, uh, the podcast episodes are there. They're only a they're only a dollar a piece so check those out just a dollar a piece well it's a dollar a month that's four episodes a month so that's twelve dollars a year you get roughly 50 plus episodes on video of audible farm so that's not too much that's uh one of the only ways we make money here other than that you can go to the audible farm shop and find some stuff you like i've had a lot of people it's so weird it's getting hot out and everyone says i want a hooded sweatshirt but it's like you know getting hot out so i don't know i've got some ideas for some new t-shirts coming in Otherwise, the Audible Farm shop, there's links down below for that as well. If you guys want to support Audible Farm by uh, buying some merch, there's t-shirts there. Um, I have one hoodie left. And there is also um, all sorts of decals and things like that. So check those out if that's something that interests you. Otherwise, the podcast is always free. Uh, it's also free on YouTube. So if you guys are looking to listen to it anywhere, you can listen to it on any of your podcast streaming services as well as YouTube. And like I said, it's going to be free there, uh, probably probably forever so check it out uh thank you guys very much for listening i really appreciate the support week in and week out and i will check you guys next week peace